welcome to Corpus Christi Anglican Church. I'm Morgan, our planting clergy. Our vision of this church is to become a common people in common prayer for uncommon transformation. This podcast is where you will hear our sermons and other teachings that have happened at Corpus Christi. We primarily serve the region of Springfield, Franconia, and Kingstown. We're glad that you're here. Thanks for taking time to listen. Here's the message. Good morning. I'm Alexi Lashkin. It's wonderful to be with you this morning virtually at Corpus Christi Anglican Church. Uh, This Sunday is Trinity Sunday. If you think about Trinity Sunday, you might also think about the famous icon by Andrei Rublev, the icon of the Trinity uh, from the 15th century. Uh, Rublev was a monk in the Russian Orthodox Church, and he dedicated the icon to St. Sergius of Verdonezh. St. Sergius is the patron saint of the Russian people, and he lived in a time not too different than us. The practice of Christianity, in the sense that the practice of Christianity had gone out of favor with the Russian people, in particular the practice of loving enemies of Christian brotherhood and the practice of worshiping in spirit and truth with a sense of reverence. St. Sergius was called by God to go ahead and found a monastery, which, would, which then would have been um, the kind of forests of Russia. So um, imagine that we're in Moscow or imagine we're in DC and someone's being asked to found a monastery in Front Royal, that would be about the same distance. So he went out on faith after much prayer, founded a monastery that is now St. Sergius Monastery in Sergeyev Passad, which is the seat of the Russian Orthodox Church. One of the things that he focused quite a bit on, St. Sergius, also reflected in the icon of the Trinity, was that the Trinity was a relationship of infinite reciprocity, and that part of his rule of life out there in the forests of Russia were to to found a order, found a monastic order that would reflect brotherhood, love, prayer, a reverence for the Eucharist, and a reliance on the mother of God. And so these themes are active themes for us as we think about what it means to be a Christian in the 21st century within the Washington DC context. Uh, My theme for this morning is to talk about patience out of the passage in Exodus. Interesting that I'm talking about patience as we're gathering virtually, not in person. And also, it's, it's, it's a topic that is not a particularly easy topic, um, not only for the Christian, not only for myself, but the Christian in the American context. I want to just briefly touch on three points. The first being um, how we think about patience related to God's nature. When we think about the theme of patience, the epistles likely come to mind. Uh, love is patient, love is kind, love is long-suffering, out of Corinthians. The fruits of the Spirit, peace, patience, kindness, self-control. One of the things that I want to draw our attention to is that, is that it's within God's nature to be patient with us. Imagine you were meeting yourself 20 years ago, and you had a chance to talk to yourself about the Christian life, and what God would be doing to form the character of Christ more deeply within you, 
through the liturgy, through prayer, through the journeys and struggles that each of us have. And you will quickly see that there are themes. There are themes related to shortcomings we had then, sins that we had then, that we still may have now, things that we totally missed in terms of relating well to family, loved ones, enemies, things that we neglected. And that the very concept within Anglicanism that we have time amendment of life is a sense of grace. It's a sense of God's patience towards us. God is very patient with how slow we are to often repent of patterns of life and sins and inattentiveness, which usually hinders our Christian walk. So it's a fundamental nature of God to be patient, patient with us, patient with you and me. Two, um, I want to talk a little bit about uh, patience related to our expectation. For those of you who are parents, it's easy to feel that having little children is a day-to-day exercise in patience. can imagine being uh, coming home as I have after a long day or a long series of work as we've been working remotely, and one of your children pushing you to your last ounce of patience. And the quality needed to suspend judgment, to set aside anger, to move into prayer, to essentially allow something that you find unpleasant to occur in order that you might exercise the virtue of patience. Related to this, uh, within the wider American Christian context, uh, patience isn't really talked about too much. The expectation coming out of the charismatic movement, if you're experienced with that, is that God must act on our behalf immediately. He must answer our prayers right away without delay. And that, in fact, experiencing the power of God in worship or in a special manifestation of the, of the Spirit is a sign of faithfulness. And while there are many things that do not hinder God's action on earth, it's important, I think, as we think about our own culture and our own upbringing and the world around us, which demands a kind of immediacy, anything from the 24-hour cable news to now social media, being able to invade our life and mental space in pretty active ways, that the Christian process of patience, of slowness, is actually a more normative pattern. Patience before one is baptized, patience before one enters fully into the liturgy. There's a period of the church where catechumens were much more regular practice in terms of waiting before they received or baptized, received communion, entered into the life of faith. And more broadly, before undertaking great works, there's a sense of God intentionally slowing one down The liturgy itself is an exercise in patience. We may come to a particular Sunday and think, oh, what I really would love to do is worship. But in the liturgy, we worship, but we don't neglect confession. We may really think I really hunger for the Eucharist. Within the liturgical context of Anglicanism, we celebrate the Eucharist, but we also don't neglect the word of God or the preaching. 
So patience, going through the steps of the Christian life and the rhythms of the Christian life, is a big part of Anglican liturgy in our own practice. Final point is out of the scriptures related to Exodus, we see that Moses is quite curious to go up and see what this burning bush is about. And one way we could think about what would happen next is we imagine God and his holiness appearing to Moses through the burning bush, speaking to Moses and saying, Moses, here's the next 40 years of your life. Here's the next 30 years. Here's the next period of your life. You will lead the people out of slavery. You will have temptation and uh, and your own sin revealed on the way to the promised land. You will, and then you could just fill in the, the blank and just kind of lay out what Moses's life would be like, what, what what's ahead. Instead, Moses is invited to experience the reality that he is on holy ground. And things don't just immediately happen after that. He has to experience the stillness, experience the patience in order to think about the next step forward. And I want us as I leave our time to think a little bit about how I experience patience, mainly through stillness. Stillness is related to the devotional life. It's related to attention, the sort of attention we give to the Eucharist, sort of attention we're asked to bring into the liturgy, sort of attention in detail that we're trying to form in our children, is the sort of attention that we need with God on a regular basis. That quality of stillness, which can be aided through liturgy, through devotional practice, and the reading of scripture, is a quality which uh, someone that I really love reading, uh, Bishop Callistos Ware, talks about a portion of our heart that is a place where we meet and intercede with God. And that's what I would describe to us as stillness, what Moses experienced in the burning bush. And how often in the course of a week do we intentionally cultivate space for stillness, cultivate practice for stillness? Is our devotional time really part of how we seek first the kingdom of God. So many other things call for our attention, but where in our day-to-day do we pause and say, my best is for you, Lord. My best and my attention is for you, Lord. And so as we contemplate the various disciplines, patience, which I'm interpreting as attention and stillness, something that we're invited into, so that we, along with Moses, can know that we're standing on holy ground. And that before we consider our needs or the various things that we might be bringing to God, that we have a quality of inner stillness that becomes a normative part of our Christian experience and a normative part about, of how people experience us as people who are still before we act reflect before we go forth. Oh, may the Lord bless you the rest of uh, today. Mm-hmm.